Hey, we are back. Thank you for joining us today. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Cast. Thank you once again. I'm excited for the guest we have on today. Her name is Brittany Rodriguez. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I can't wait for people to hear your story. And I'll, I'm excited to tell uh, our listeners how I know you. <laughs> um, I do want to give a shout out to our sponsor, uh, Veracity Networks, and my good friend, Drew Peterson. Thank you so much for believing in me and believing in this uh, podcast and getting it out to so many people and, and the listeners. Thank you. Once again, you guys are amazing. We're trending, which is so cool, which I never thought I'd be able to say that. <laughs> I know. It's pretty cool. Stuff. You're trendy, Todd. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, I'm just, I'm just pumped. And, and I, uh, I know that these words today and this story is going to help a lot of people today. And, and I'm just grateful for this opportunity to have Brittany in studio today. Um, I want to give a little background how I know Brittany. Brittany is my head coach um, at the Sandy uh, Orange Theory Fitness. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's some, I've been there, I think, a little over two months now, maybe almost three. I think Not, you came right after the quarantine. Probably, yeah. yeah. And I love it. I'm telling you, it's like my morning meds. I can't wait to get there. I love it. And it really is a great way to start the day. And and <clears throat> Brittany is the uh, head coach, fitness coach at the Orange Theory in Sandy, Utah. I know she helps out at all the other Orange Theories as well when they need her. Uh, she's a fitness and nutritionist coach. She's the mother of four. Uh, she's packed with energy. I mean, I'm telling you, I don't, you know, you, you are so like energetic and positive and that's one of the reasons why i love your class so much thank you so much is just for that reason you know because a lot of times we, you know we, we're there at 5 a.m early in the morning and, and absolutely here we are. so um but yeah i i want to start off you know to, you know i want people to get to know you a little better tell us where you grew up and a, a little bit about your family sure absolutely so i actually grew up in hillsborough oregon which is right outside of okay. portland All i'm right. so sad portland oh right yeah. now yes. i know Um, But yeah, yeah, I grew up there. I spent um, most of my childhood there. And uh, right around uh, graduation, I knew I kind of wanted to get out and spread my wings and, and I wanted to play basketball. So kind of similar to your upbringing. Um, Basketball was one of the loves of my life playing sports. So I looked to come out to BYU to play basketball. Um, So that's kind of what brought me out here. But um, came out here to play basketball and wound up actually playing for New Zealand um, instead. And so my path went a little different, but, wow, yeah. Um, but yeah, I loved, I loved my time out in Oregon, but I fell in love with Utah when I came out here. Didn't know that I was going to stay, um, but met my husband out here and um, we just kind of decided that this was a great place to raise kids. So Utah really now has become my home. I definitely call Utah my home. Okay. So lived here longer than where I've lived now in Oregon. So oh, wow. I think I can officially call myself. Right. Do you have siblings? Do you- I do. Yes. So I, um, I'm the second youngest of six. So I've got, okay. <laughs> I've got, you know, a couple of sisters and I've got three brothers. And so we're kind of all spread out, but I have a couple of my siblings that actually um, lived in that live in Utah right now. So I, right. I recruited, brought yeah. my family out here, and uh, my father lives out here. And so, nice. Um, yeah. So, I so you it. grew up obviously d- involved in sports, it sounds like. Was I it just did. basketball or was it other things? No, I played just about any sport I could get my hands on. So um, I played soccer. Um, basketball was probably the sport I was the best at. Okay. Um, and I played softball, but um, pretty much anything that involved scoring points and being physically active. <laughs> Um, right. <laughs> I pretty much got involved in. So basketball was the main thing. And then I was a theater nerd. 
I loved, really? yeah, that's actually how I paid my way through college was a, a theater scholarship. So I have the, right the two on. sides of me, Todd. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. And that, that's pretty amazing. That's quite the contrast too, yeah. a little bit, you know. Well, <laughs> it comes in handy when I'm coaching to have a little flair for the dramatic. <laughs> and you do, man. People who've been in her class, man, I'm telling you, you come you come at us hard and I love it. It's a, sh- it's a production, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 5 a.m. You have to be a little bit entertained. Absolutely. Right? We can't be flat yeah. and boring. Yeah. So tell us, you know, I guess, you know, being involved in theater and sports as a young kid, how did that benefit you growing up? I I think it definitely kept me out of trouble. I don't think I had a knack for getting into trouble, but it it, um, taught me a lot of principles. I am a huge believer that sports and being involved in something like that, that you Mm -hmm. um, love and that you're passionate about can give you a little bit more purpose behind just the the everyday mundane. Right. Um, I saw a lot of kids getting into trouble or getting into involved in drugs and alcohol that um, were probably dealing with a lot of troubling things at home. And I think just being involved in sports alone just kept my focus. Um, I just enjoyed it too. We didn't have a lot of money growing up. Um, The thing I really wanted to do was I wanted to be a professional dancer. Okay. That was that was my heart. Is <laughs> right. I wanted to be a dancer in the worst way, and we <laughs> did not have money for me to take dance classes. Yeah. But I remember there was a little dance studio just down the sidewalk from where my parents worked at, and I used to go walk down the sidewalk and just watch in the windows and watch the dance classes and think, oh, I wonder if I can pick up oh, on wow. on what they're doing here. So, yeah. um, but I was always good at sports, and I do love sports. So that right. was the way I went. And then I waited until I got into college and I got to make some of those decisions for myself. And that's when I started taking dance classes and thought, you know what? I'm an old lady by dance world standards and I don't care. <laughs> right. I was an old lady at 18. Right. <laughs> and, um, that's when I got involved in it and, um, kind of helped me out getting involved with musical theater and just another area of passion and love of mine. So yeah. are you still involved in that at all at, at this time? I, oh gosh, I'll dance all day long, right? (laughs) Uh, Am I, am I great at it and taking lessons? (laughs) Not currently. (laughs) Hey, I'll bust out a dance move in class. For sure. Um, Yes, you will. (laughs) You know, it's interesting that you say that because only, uh, it was only about a year and a half ago. I was actually having a, a really good conversation, um, at an Orange Theory with Robert Redford's daughter, um, not to drop names or anything, but. I say that specifically because she's so involved, you know, in the entertainment world. Oh, right. And we were talking about um, acting and different movies and things because I, I got involved with, um, you know, doing some film work and things while I was in college. And I didn't pursue it and I thought I would. I was ready to pack up my bags and go to L.A. and get an agent. And I had um, a few different actors that had said, we'll set you up. We'll, we'll get you right in line with the best agent. We'll help you get a place to stay. I had all the reasons in the world yeah. to, to go out there and follow and pursue this, this passion of mine. And um, there was always something that held me back. Um, there was something that just said, not now. And, Interesting. and I, I look back on that and I'm so grateful that I followed that instinct to not go. Um, because there's so many wonderful things that came into my life, including meeting my husband and, yeah. um, you know, uh, another path that I was supposed to follow. And, and I don't know to this day, if I had gone out there, what would have happened or, you know, but I was having that conversation with her, how I just miss, um, I miss doing a little bit of acting or being involved in a play or a yeah. show. And she said, well, your life isn't over. Why not do it now? I was like, Oh, I'm a mom. I got four kids. She's like, <laughs> 
I'm a mom. Yeah. She's like, you can do this. And you yeah. know, the, the acting world is very strong in Utah. There's the, the Sundance film festival is huge. Yeah, She's right. like, girl, get your resume together. And <laughs> so she was kind of giving me a nudge to do that. So I haven't done anything like that in a while, but right. I definitely appreciate it and love it. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, you, you know, I've known you for a few months now and obviously my, my family loves you. My daughter, especially. Oh, I love she's your done, family. She's done your class a ton and she's been trying to get me to join your class. This and that. You're, you, you got to meet this Brit. She's, <laughs> she's so confident and energetic and you've really inspired my family in a lot of ways. And I want to thank you for that. I want to ask thank you, you though, the reason why I bring that up is you, you do, you, I mean, you are a very confident, energetic individual. Have you always been like that? Was it like that when you were growing up? Did, did you always oh, have gosh. this type of confidence no. that you have now? No. <laughs> I mean, are there a lot of teenagers that are confident? I think there's um, an exterior of it. Mm -hmm. I don't even think, I, I, I feel like I'm very different than what I was growing up. And I think with sports and things, I didn't walk around with my shoulders forward and my head down, but I was definitely not confident. In, in fact, probably just the opposite. And I would say one of the things that helped me kind of stay flow is I had, I had an amazing mother um, and I have a, a great father as well. I had great parents. Let right. me put it that way. Okay. Um, but my mom was extraordinary. She was exceptional. Um, still is. I lost my mother a couple of years ago, but she... Um, I think was that person that was always telling me, um, you can do whatever you want. You, you want to do this, you pursue it. You're amazing. Right. You know, just always building that up. And I think that's what saved me because I didn't have a lot of other adults in my life or leaders yeah. that were building me up. I had some pretty abusive coaches to be honest. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I had, I had one basketball coach in particular, and this is a sport that I love and yeah, really enjoy. Right. Yeah. And um, even my senior year of high school, I actually quit the basketball team halfway through, and I'd never quit a thing before in my life. Yeah. Um, but to the point of my emotional well-being um, and the abuse, I would go home in tears every single day. Um, just, you know, a, the language he would use, um, mm -hmm. telling us we're not good enough. We, he used to pull... Um, big, big, uh, garbage bins out uh -huh. onto the floor when we do conditioning. And he'd say, you know, I want you guys puking in these by the end of the, by the end oh, of the wow. session when we were doing conditioning. And then, um, the moment we'd start puking, he'd say, you're puking already. And if we weren't, he'd say, um, you're not working hard enough. And it was, it was that kind of thing. And just, yeah. it wasn't positive. It wasn't what sports are supposed to be, sure. especially for right. teenagers. Yeah. Um, and I finally, my mom's like, why are you doing this? I said, I don't know. And I was yeah. also involved in the yeah. school play, the the musical at the time. And I just, no matter what I tried to do in high school, I couldn't get parts. I couldn't get any main parts in play. You know, I'd always get like the background ensemble that right. like we let all the kids in on this one, right? <laughs> and so, yeah. and yeah. I loved theater and I loved acting and I mm -hmm. loved singing so much. And I started, I questioned myself all growing up that I wasn't good enough in anything. I thought I'm just good enough to maybe participate in everything but I'd never felt like I excelled or was really great at yeah. anything. And I wanted to be great at something. Right. And so, you know, kind of to your question, I think what changed and what made me become more confident, and I still struggle with that. I'm human. I, I have yeah. a ton of insecurities is there's something about when I graduated high school that made me snap that I got tired of, um, you know, 
theater directors never casting me or my basketball coach saying, you'll never amount to anything. And I said, I'll show you. And I kind of took this, you know, yeah. um, you say I can't do this. Watch me. Watch me. Yeah. So that's when wow. I went out to Utah and said, I'm going to make a basketball team if it kills me. Sure. Um, Cause I missed out on college scouts by quitting that team. Yeah. Cause it's your senior year. Absolutely. Yeah. My senior yeah. year. And um, I came out to Utah and I thought I'm going to outwork everybody. I'm going to make this team as a walk on started training with the team um, and started having little bits of anxiety of, do I want to do this? Because all the, the experiences negative with a coach started coming back and going, you know, I'm here, I'm at college. I want to enjoy myself. Do I want to deal with another coach? I didn't have very positive viewpoint of coaches at this point. Yeah. And um, New Zealand came around and it was knowing the right people. They, they do exhibition tours to the U S every single year. And, um, this particular season they had several pregnant players. Um, they had some injured players. And so they usually recruit one or two Americans to come play on the team. And someone that knew me said, Hey, why don't you go try out? And they said, you know, there's this girl, let her come um, try out for you. And I said, sure. Why not? And so it was like me and a handful of players on the team. And they said, just come play some pickups with us. And so I just kind of did an individual tryout and Mm -hmm. they um, invited me onto the team on, on the spot after that. And so I walked away from trying out with BYU. I said, this is it. And and that's what clicked. This is what I needed. Um, So I kind of got to fill that, that love of getting to play the sport competitively and um, you know, we toured around the U S and it was amazing. I don't know how I didn't flunk out of college that year <laughs> right. because I didn't ask permission. I informed my professors, Hey, I'm uh, going to be on this traveling team. And so I, you know, kind of yeah. a blur, but when you're, you know, 19 and 20, you yes. basically just say it'll all work out somehow. I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I'll figure it out. Basketball first, everything else last. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I got to go and kind of fulfill that love of basketball and I had a great experience and I didn't give my entire college career to it. So it was perfect. It was exactly what I needed. And, exactly. yeah. and, uh, so that was like, check that little box right there. I don't need my, that coach's validation. Like I am good enough. Yeah. Um, and then on the theater side, never making roles and parts. I struggled going to BYU. I got myself involved in the theater department and I don't know if people know listening, but BYU is incredibly renowned in their theater and um, their music department, the the arts. Mm. And the level of talent that comes out of there is absolutely phenomenal. And most of them actually um, get work. Really? Oh, absolutely. I I didn't know that either. It's incredibly competitive. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it, it, if you don't go in there with at least some kind of strong sense of self, you could be very intimidated. Yeah. And I had to fake it completely. I felt like I was completely out of my league, but I enrolled in classes and thought, well, all I can do is learn and, and try to get better. And, um, I, my first year there, I made a, a main stage play, which are kind of hard to get into. Yeah. I didn't have a big role. I didn't care. Um, I learned and, and grew and kind of got myself involved in a lot of acting classes. And then I don't even know how it came to be, but I got offered um, a full ride scholarship in theater over actually at UVSC. No so way. That's I awesome. don't, I can't remember if someone came and saw me in a play or I walked over and I, I inquired about it and auditioned, you know, yeah. details, but, um, but they offered it to me and I was so grateful. So I transferred to UVSC and, and finished out my career doing musical theater over there. Oh, and okay. um, the first show I, I tried out for, I, I got the lead role. And that was 
that was such a pivotal point for me because it was honestly the first lead role I got in a show was in college on this full ride scholarship with people that were validating me and saying, you are good and you can do this. And I was still wondering, gosh, can I do this? Yeah, like they picked me. I'm like, (laughs) well, they don't find out that I actually stink at this. Um, But I needed that. And it was like once I kind of hit that little check mark, it was like, what's next? Right. I think that happens a lot with people where you work hard for something and then you actually achieve something or you get an, an opportunity and I think our minds sometimes go to, oh boy, yeah, am I really up for this? Yeah, right. You know, or I'm oh my gosh, I'm such a fraud. Yeah, I'm a fraud. You know? Yeah, yeah. What do they call that? The imposter, the imposter you know, syndrome. Syndrome. Or, yeah. Where you feel like, okay, I'm really just going through the motions here. What can I do to make sure they never <laughs> find out that I'm actually the biggest nerd? Yeah, yeah. I think that happens a lot. You know, um, well, that's interesting that story and how that all worked out. I mean, it's like you even said, it's perfectly, you know, the w- what you actually needed. Yeah. And I think, you know, going back to what happened with you and your high school coach, I, I, you know, I've heard a lot of stories in those kind of areas where a coach, you know, and again, I, you know, I'm not here to bag on coaches, coach high school sports or even college sports, but I think sometimes they come across to where they're actually causing at times some trauma to some of these kids Absolutely. by the way they, you know, treat mm-hmm. them or expects their expectations are so high. The dialogue that they have with and these the dialogue. kids. They don't, I think, sometimes appreciate how much um, these kids are internalizing every word they say. Yeah. How I got involved in basketball, Todd, and I remember this to this day. Mm-hmm. This is how impactful it was. I was in the second grade, I believe it was, and um, I was in a PE class and we were playing basketball. And the PE teacher came up and said, wow, Brittany, you are a basketball player. And I said, I am. <laughs> and I remember going home and I, <laughs> and I, I, I believed it. I was like, I am a basketball player. Wow. And it, I mean, it helps that I've been basically 5'10 since like the ninth grade. But, <laughs> um, but, but because that PE teacher, and I was probably terrible. I probably like carried the ball all the way down the court and like right. granny shot it or something, you know, mm-hmm. or who knows what I did, but it was, they told me that you are amazing and you are this person. And I believed it. Wow. And I, and it didn't even hit me until I was an adult, what that PE teacher did. Cause I always wondered, why did I get so involved in basketball? Why did I work so hard at it? And, um, you know, I mean, at least to a degree become good at it. And I remember, gosh, that was that moment back then that I was like, I'm a basketball player. And so I remember, you know, telling my parents, I'm a basketball player and I need to play basketball and falling in love with it. And maybe I would have still loved it even if they hadn't said something. But I think that was really impactful. Yeah. You know, the power of words. I mean, what if they would have said, what are you doing? You can't play basketball. Yeah. And you would have internalized that maybe and said, well, yeah, I'm never touching a ball ever again. Yeah. Just because of what someone said. Sports probably aren't for you, sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. And that could have played out in a different way had someone said it in that way yeah wow it just as you say that i'm just and i've always known this Mm -hmm. but the power of words to others and how we internalize things that way it's really remarkable good or bad it has changed how i speak to my children Mm. you know it's when my kids and actually this even ties back to when um i used to work with youth in a therapeutic boarding school and um and help them in their treatment journey Um, early when I was in college 
And, and so I, I think during that time before I started having children, I started learning a lot of skills on communication because sometimes what we mean is not what we say. Right. And we have to be aware of that too. But I remember going into this thing as a parent going, oh gosh, how do I do this? <laughs> um, what became really important to me was the language that I use with my children because when my children um, make decisions that put them in trouble or they make a mistake, instead of saying, um, you're terrible, you're terrible, or you, you, you know, you're bad or anything like right. th- that is identifying them. It's, um, you made a bad choice, you know, or it, that was your choice and tying yeah. it back to what they do. You are a phenomenal person and you're a child of God, but you made a bad choice. Well, that's a good way to do that. How have you noticed that that's, you know, seeing your kids react to that type of parenting? How, how is it, have you noticed, how do they take to that? I think so. Um, and I even think it took, um, my husband a little bit of time to get on board and not, not to, um, fault him because when we, you know, got into this, I'd had years of, you know, I graduated in psychology. I took all, I took parenting classes, which we can all laugh about this, right? Taking a parenting class does not mean that you are now quote unquote, so ready to be a parenting expert. I am an expert (laughs) now because I had my parenting class, (laughs) right? Um, I mean, all of us parents out there love when we get advice from people who aren't parents, right? It's awesome. (laughs) Um, so, but it did help that I had a lot of years where, um, I had training and you know, what kind of language is useful and helpful. And so I was a lot more aware of it. Um, and I remember my husband would have moments where he'd get upset and, and, you know, and he would say, you know, you're so stupid for doing this. And I would go, Whoa, whoa, let's pump the brakes. And I'd kind of have to pull him aside and say, I know what you mean, but this is what came out. Yeah. And it's, that was not a smart decision. It was, I said, everything has to be your decision. Your choices, your choices, not you. And he finally, and to his credit, he's like, you're right. You're right. You know, and of course not intentionally or anything like that, but, um, and he's great at that today, but that's taken, you know, it takes practice. It takes time when we get frustrated with any individual or human being, it's, it's easy to say things differently, but, um, but yeah, that words are so powerful. Yeah. Wow, thanks for sharing that. So you said you're involved helping the youth, and mm-hmm. c- kind of talk about why d- why did you do that, and why did you want to you know get involved with helping the youth in that way? Well, you know, I kind of fell into it when um, when I was going to college. I changed my major about 500 times, like everybody else. <laughs> it, it went from I know, broadcast I know. journalism. I wanted to I wanted to be <laughs> a sports broadcaster and cover the Super Bowl. <laughs> I wanted to go to New York and be on broad. Right, we can laugh about the the you know, array. I wanted to be basically everything but a rocket scientist. That sounded boring. <laughs> right. But everything else sounded amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, international business and, you know, what do I want to do? I probably was the most confused person in college as far as trying to figure out what direction my life would go. Um, and not a single thought of it had anything to do with being a personal trainer or coaching. Although right. health and fitness has always been in my vocabulary has been a part of my life since I was a young child. Yeah. But so how I got involved with kids, I, um, I decided to kind of get involved in taking a lot of like psychology classes. And I realized I really like this stuff. This doesn't freak me out at all. Like abnormal psychology was probably my favorite class Mm. in college. And I loved studying about the mind and behaviors and people. And I flat out just needed a job. Right. And I think I just heard about this job opening at this treatment center and 
and the pay seemed pretty great and mm-hmm. you get to go in you just you help out these kids these teenagers and i thought i was a teenager like yesterday i can do this right so i applied and got the job um which was right in my field and my mind was blown like i learned so much and i was challenged in so many areas but i i realized that i love teenagers that they didn't freak me out that they were <laughs> very misunderstood uh-huh. and i think I identified with them because all the insecurities and the struggles they were going through, I legitimately felt like I had experienced just five days ago. Um, because I remember feeling those feelings in, um, high school of feeling a little bit like I was a loser or like that I was trying so hard, um, to fit in and how just your world is so high school and your peers and the people around you. And that's so important. And how dismissive sometimes adults can be of that because we think that's just silly. That's just what your peers or that's just high school, but that is their world. And that is important to the point for sure that they're willing to take their life, you know, and, um, suicide is, is an epidemic, is an epidemic, um, amongst teenagers. And so I saw that these hard, tough exteriors, um, when you break down through them are, they're just these beautiful kids and have so much to offer the world. And I started to see my bucket get filled helping them. And even on days I had days where I had girls I had to put into like, I I guess I'll call it the timeout area. Right. right? Um, when they (laughs) would get physical or a little out of control. And, um, I've had milk jugs thrown at my head before, you know, I've been called every name in the book just so I, I, I've experienced that and I've seen like just how um, tough that they have it um, emotionally, mentally um, and what got them there. And so I started to really love trying to break through that and and get to the real person and, and have those breakthroughs because I thought, gosh, they've got such a, yeah. a life ahead of them. You know, right. we got to fix this because yeah. and I just wanted so much for them to get the message that life can be so beautiful and amazing and you're in the trenches right now and there's such a bigger world out there and it actually tied back to an experience that I had in high school um my junior year I spent in Germany as an exchange student okay so actually that that had a lot to do with a lot of my own transformation even going into my senior year right so definitely insecurity a lot of insecurities like I think a lot of normal kids played a lot of sports to that normal yeah yeah had a rock star mom and um, I applied for a scholarship to go to Germany be an exchange student for a year so um, and I got it it was a actually government scholarship because they wanted to keep good relationships with the country so this is an ongoing program they do every year and so I was like one of you know two kids in my state and it was just kids throughout the whole US and so I spent a year abroad and that was a crazy year Todd um, I was introduced <laughs> to drugs and alcohol. Yeah. I, um, I didn't do any drugs. I did try just about all the alcohol, which, yeah. um, you know, I always used to say, is my mother listening? Yeah. Um, she knows, um, sure. I told her a little <laughs> later in life. Um, you yeah. know, I, I grew up, you know, a, a devout member of the church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. I still am. Um, but I grew up in a, in a household that never touched or saw alcohol or drugs of any kind okay. that, right. um, you know, with a very strong value and belief system and, and you don't do those things. And I was never tempted to do those things. I really wasn't. Um, and, and then I went and spent a year abroad and I suddenly had adults offering me these things. And I had, um, you know, 
I don't, I wouldn't say I lost all sense of for me what I felt like was right or wrong, but yeah. I kind of went through a, you know, I'm never going to do this again in my life. So I'm just going to try <laughs> not the best idea. Right. And luckily I didn't get my, I didn't, you know, fall into any addictions or anything because of it, but it was like a, I'm going to try this. And you know, I, I, it was my year of try everything, mm. but I wouldn't touch the drugs. Right. And I'm glad that I didn't. Um, but I, um, wound up having even issues with my, my uh, host family that I was staying with and wound up switching families at one point during Christmas time, I didn't have a home to stay at and I was sleeping off couches and I wouldn't tell my mom any of this cause she would have gotten on a plane and come to Germany and yanked me right out of that country. <laughs> yeah. She would have come. Can to you imagine place. as a parent, yeah. your teenager is there. Yeah. So this was before cell phones and before it was just so easy to FaceTime and call someone right. and check up on how they're doing. So it was a lot easier to hide everything that was going on. Yeah. And, um, I had to make a decision. I, I couldn't face the embarrassment of going home early and she couldn't hack it for the year or what, or whatever. And even in, even my 16 year old self recognized that this year would be a year of growth for me if I would just gut it out. Right. Um, I made great friends. I learned the language. I went to German wow. schools. So I am so glad I say, I'm glad even at 16, I had like a droplet of wisdom to know that even though it was a really yeah. hard year, that a lot of great things were going to come out of it. And I became such a stronger person, very independent. Um, I mean, I really le learned to live on my own. Yeah. A family eventually took me in that just treated me like a college student. There's your room. They dropped me off at, at school. Um, I'm in a foreign country, barely knew the language. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, have bye, have a yeah. nice day. You Good know? luck. Yeah. So I... <laughs> I couldn't be this sheltered girl from Oregon anymore. Yeah. I had to, you know, figure it out. You had to rise to the occasion. Yeah, I had to rise to the occasion. And yep. when I would talk to my mom, everything is great. It's great. She's like, Brittany, yep. what's going on? Yeah. No, nope, things are great. And um, <laughs> and a few times she said she almost came over. Really? And she, I'm I'm glad she didn't. Right. You know, um, I, so after that year, I think going into my senior year, I was ready I loved my home. I had a, a great home, great parents, but I was ready to leave. I was ready to go out and see the world. I was ready right. to go off to college, be on my own at that point. Um, and that, that helped a lot. So I, I wanted these teenagers to know that there are so many neat experiences out there. There's, yeah. um, they are, they are valued They're They have worth, you know, yeah. they have talents and abilities that, that the world needs. Right. Um, and I, got to be a part of witnessing that I wasn't their therapist, you know, I wasn't a, you know, right. a trained therapist, but we worked with their therapist, right. um, to help support them in that. And, um, one boy in particular, of course I won't use names, but he came from the South and he came from a family that hung the Confederate flag out front. And they're very, um, very racist family, very racist upbringing. Oh, wow. And, I remember we were sitting in a group and we were doing a group session and one of the girls in the group, um, you know, it was a black, young, beautiful black girl. Right. And just, I adored all of them, every single kid in this group. And he just had his head down the whole time and he was really struggling. And we asked him, what are you feeling? You know? And he, he finally just was so vulnerable. And he said, you know, I was raised that to not, talk to this girl and to not, you know, like this person. And I'm just having a hard time because he's like, I don't want to feel like that. Yeah. And it was like, Oh yeah. Oh, wow. we were breaking through like those, like 
yeah. prejudices and, and feelings and getting to the heartstrings of this person. And I thought, gosh, these are these teenagers and, you know, they might even be even more open to change than sometimes adults are. But as adults, that's just, that's how we are too, right? Yeah. If we can break through and, and break down limiting beliefs or preconceived notions or things that we thought we knew and yeah. be open to learning and growing. Like that's just, that's beautiful. And to be a part of that and witness that. And he, um, he learned being around this girl that black people aren't so bad that color of skin that doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. It means nothing. Wow. Yeah. Kids are so, like you said, vulnerable Like yeah. when it really comes down to it. And they're like, what's going on? These people are just as good and, and equal to me. Yeah. You know, that's oh, that's a powerful story. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, you know, um, there's so much I want to ask you and talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, you know, all these stories you just shared, the, the things you've been through, like you know, doing being over in Germany and doing all that stuff, and it was Germany, right? Yeah, yeah it making was Germany. sure I said that right. Yep. Um, you got it. I mean, that in itself. I mean, again, like I say, like I said earlier, you come across as this very confident. And I know, I know you have your issues. We all have our issues. We're oh. all, but what do you do to maintain that confidence? I, I mean, again, I know you have your trials and you have your days probably where you don't feel so confident. Sure. But what do you do in those days when you are struggling and you are having a rough time? How do you pull yourself up? How do you, what do you do? And what could you share with us that could help us understand that better? Uh, you know, I think um, I will say something I've learned about myself and it's funny because I just turned 40 like a week ago. Um, Congratulations. And, well, thank you. <laughs> I know. Cat's out of the bag. I'm not 25, Todd. I knew you were going to ask that, right? You thought yeah. I was 25. How have yeah. you had these experiences? I was going to say 26. but <laughs> 26. Yes. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that um, took me a long time to learn about myself or identify is that I am very much um, an empath. And I've, I've kind of researched this term because I thought, what exactly is, what an, is, em yeah. what is an empath? I think depending on the definition that you look up, sometimes they attach like a supernatural thing to it. And that always makes me laugh and go, okay, I have nothing supernatural. But basically what I identified was over the years, and this always was something that I looked at as um, a weakness or maybe not even a weakness, but a burden, mm -hmm. is that I, um, I'm i an extremely sensitive person. Growing mm. up, I was super sensitive, right. and I didn't want to be a sensitive person. I wanted to be that girl that's tough as nails. Yeah, I wanted to be, because my mom is tough as nails, mm -hmm. but she, I mean, of course she has a very sensitive side to her and everything. Yeah, and my right. mom is also very sensitive, but my mom is that business owner, you know, take no prisoners, like just, <laughs> you know, own the world. Yeah. I mean, we could do a, a, a 10 part podcast just on my mom's life. Right. She's that kind of person. But wow. um, I hated that I was so affected by not only my own emotions, but other people's. And so I think sometimes as a quote unquote empath is that you oftentimes legitimately feel the feelings that other people are having. Yeah. And it's and I hated it for so long because it was, it's a, it can be hard. I hated that I would be so sensitive to things or, um, or to the point where sometimes I wanted to be angry at somebody, but I would, that all they'd have to tell me is a little bit of their story or, or be vulnerable. And I felt it. Yeah. And all of a sudden I can't be angry at them anymore because I feel that pain that they're feeling. Right. And it's, <laughs> that's, 
exhausting, like sure. taking on other people's Absolutely. emotions. Yeah. And sometimes you have to learn to protect yourself a little bit yeah. um, because you can drain your own bucket emotionally. And actually this is kind of a common problem in the world of even coaching and training. Um, if you do it right, is that yeah. you're constantly filling people's buckets. If you're mm -hmm. even remotely good at your job, that's just part of what you do. Yeah. But a lot of times struggle to refill that bucket. You can't keep draining. Um, and so I forever thought, I think it's just weird. How am I feeling what this person feels? I hardly know them. Or why am I all of a sudden feeling this way or that? And I just wish I could turn it off. I wanted to be more numb to emotions. And then as I've matured and got a little, a little older, I realized that's a gift. Um, you know, tapping into emotions that those I believe are a gift from God that yeah. like heavenly father gives us like these abilities so that we can connect with, with human beings and that we can, um, be there for them. And, you know, one of my gifts is the gift of charity and it's taken me years to like, understand what does that mean? Yeah. Um, you know, like in my church, we talk a lot about like, and not my church, but a lot of people's churches, Sure. you know, charity being like the pure love of Christ. And so I thought, what, exactly does that mean? I'm definitely not pure. I'm not this great person. And, and I would immediately kind of dismiss it. But, um, I think on days where I don't feel confident or I, which is like, oh, sometimes I want to say it's like every day, um, <laughs> yeah. every day uh, it's a dialogue that yeah. you have to have with yourself. And Ooh, I've like gotten, that. I've gotten really good at having internal dialogues. Um, and this isn't something you, if you're listening and you're thinking, well, that's not my gift or that's not me it doesn't have to be something you're born with. You can develop sure, it too. Sure. It just happened to be something that I was really good at. Yeah. And um, one thing that I have talked to clients and friends and things about what's helped me is that I actually have a lot of internal dialogue with myself all day long. And when someone says something to me, cause I'm super sensitive that um, on normally would be a, a snap judgment or a, Oh, that hurt my feelings. Or mm -hmm. what do they mean by that? <laughs> Um, right, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> like girl, you aren't fat, you're big boned. You know, it's like those comments that you would get where you're like, Hmm, what did you mean by that? What? Yeah. It's just kind of those little <laughs> comments that people can make yeah, in everyday life. Sure. I've gotten to a point in my life where I'm pretty good at, at stopping, putting the pause on, the, on those emotions, taking almost a step back and saying, if I put myself right in their shoes, what did they actually mean? Right. Were they trying to insult me or were they yeah. trying to be rude? No, they probably have zero idea that what they said was rude. They probably actually meant, and I choose to believe that they didn't mean it in a rude way that they meant to say, you're actually fabulous or whatever, you know, and whether they did or not, I choose to take something more as a compliment or I choose to believe that they did not, that it was not intended to be looked at like that or, um, it's kind of like you ever listen to, to movie trailers. Yeah. I feel like I like create a movie trailer for myself every day. <laughs> right. She gets out of bed yeah. and she was exhausted, but little did they know she showed up to coach. You know, I mean, it's just like my life right. is a movie trailer in my head sometimes. And I, and I have to make that trailer really exciting and um, I have to choose like really sure um, what I'm going to do about it. You know, yeah. um, how do we respond to people? It's like, when I, 
my particular job is not about me. It's about when I show up to work, all my energy and focus is on you and is on all the, all the members who walk through the door. It's not about me anymore. It's not about how tired I am. I share some of myself with you guys because that's how we have those moments that are cathartic and that's how we connect. Yes. Right. If all I did was show up and rattle off, um, you know, cues and you know, yeah, I could take you through a workout, but you would probably leave not feeling much more uplifted. Mm-hmm. And and to me, I haven't done my job if I haven't left you better than I sure. got you. And, and you do a good job at that, by the way. Oh, thank you. You really do. It's really important yeah. to me and that you're there to get a physical workout, but mm-hmm. also I want you to emotionally walk away feeling better. I want you to yeah. smile. I want you to um, maybe forget about your troubles for a moment because that hour is your hour, not my hour, mm-hmm. you know, but I get so much out of it in return just by um, being a part of that and, and working with you guys. Um, so yeah. that actually is kind of my secret weapon when I'm feeling um, not confident about myself. I, okay, I, like I throw all my energy into the people I'm working with yeah. and make it about you. Then when I f- hear about your milestone or a PR you just broke, or when I think I'm just trucking along wondering if, if man, am I making any kind of a difference today? Um, and I'll have a member pull me aside and say, I- I'm sorry. I-, I just have to tell you something. I'm like, sure. You know, and sometimes it's just in a very quick passing. Yeah. Um, and they break down in tears and say, you know, you've made such an impact on my life. And I, when I came here, I was feeling this about myself. And then you said this to me yeah. and they quote back something I said to them. And, and it meant so much. I'm just like putty. I'm just falling yeah. to the ground yeah. because, yeah. um, and those moments, I don't care about, how I look or, mm-hmm. you know, um, what prestige or anything like that. It's wow. I made a difference in this person's life, yeah. you know, and it wasn't because, um, I'm famous. It wasn't because, um, of being pretty. It wasn't because of anything outside of, I served them and I loved them and I had made a little change in their life wow. for them. That is more rewarding than any paycheck or any yeah. amount of prestige or, that I think I could ever get, to be honest with you. Wow, very well said, I love that. And I love what you said about that inner dialogue, that internal dialogue is so important. And if it's negative, how it can really destroy us. Yeah. It can ruin our day, but not only our day, I mean, it can, that's kind of like what opens that door to feeling depressed and sad. And and so I love that you say, okay, I have that inner inner dialogue, I'm gonna start talking to myself, but I'm gonna start saying something more positive and mm-hmm. you kind of pull yourself out of that and I love that. I think for our listeners, especially hearing this, this is what a great way to, to, to do something. And it's so simple, yeah. but it seems hard in the moment because you're not feeling well, Yeah. right? But I love that and it, it reminds me of, the, of, of this fact that the, the most powerful force in the human psyche is the story we tell ourselves about ourselves. Absolutely, and and that's a, and you and you described it beautifully, like the way you you you, you spelled that out for us. Create and so, a movie trailer for yeah, yourself like of that. a movie you would want to watch. Yeah, I like right. That. Yeah, like you wake up there. What was that commercial they did? It was uh, but the guy was getting in. The, I mean, who watches commercials anymore, right? <laughs> but What's uh, a commercial. Okay, so, right. What is a commercial? This is how old I am. I used to have to watch those darn things just to watch yeah. my show. It's like, well, but one know. of my favorite commercials, and it still sticks sticks with me, 
is that and i don't even know what they're advertising right isn't that how it mm -hmm. goes but the right. it was the you know like the guy getting in the elevator and he like hears this internal like music and it's it's like dun 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 but it's his name dan 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 <laughs> you know and he's like singing his own song and he's like getting psyched to go to work and he's wearing a suit you know and i just i love that cuz yeah. it's like you almost sometimes have to have that like for sure i have had days where i've had some real pain and dark days um especially i would say after the the death of my mom and even yeah. leading up to it and some real losses you know financially you know um and had to show up to go coach a class and you know yeah, i don't work in a wow. call center i sure your your face advertises quite a lot absolutely and yeah. i've had to um walk through the door when I literally felt so broken that I didn't know how I was going to breathe. And I was so terrified that everybody would see right through me that yeah. day um, and ask if I was okay. And I couldn't have that. And I ha had to put on the acting show of my life mm. to get through. And, and I'd like to say that I was pretty good at putting on most, I mean, you have to find any way to laugh you have to find any way to smile and my quickest go-to is ask other people how they're doing ask them make it about them make it about them you know and and I had a few moments where I had one or two that reached out and said something's different today yeah. you know and and right. then waiting until class is done and you go in the back office and you cry you know yeah, sure it's just like it's that human experience you know and it's it is what it is and i it definitely makes us stronger yeah when we have to face that music yeah. um and i would say anybody that is like going through something really hard like that where they feel so hopeless and i mean it's a win getting out of bed and just putting your clothes on and maybe going to your job or going where you need to go and, and going through the motions or maybe getting up and getting your kids a meal and getting them to school, whatever it is of those little tasks, like those are wins, you know, because a lot of people choose to not even get up and go face the day. Yeah. Wow. Very well said. Thank you for sharing that. That's, you know, I was, that kind of ties into my next question. Um, if, I know there's probably someone listening to this story right now that's mm -hmm. probably struggling, going through a hard time. What what advice, and you pretty much already have, but if, is, if they're really in that dark space, you know, and they're not sure what to do, what, what advice could you give them to kind of pull out of it? I know you even said we were talking about this before we even went live, is that you were saying how the, the, the mind and the, and, the, and the body are connected yeah you know, how, uh, how fitness really plays a part and how we think and feel right yeah so if you could tie that in and kind of give us some advice and especially for those listening that might be having a hard day right now absolutely um and one of the reasons i got involved in in, in coaching and being a personal trainer before i mm -hmm. started coaching like orange theory and yeah. is that um I realized I started off, I was doing a free boot camp for friends. It was friends asking me, Hey Britt, you work out all the time. So can you show me some things to do? And, and it grew into this big boot camp, And, uh, and I, I realized I enjoy this. <laughs> I like putting a workout together and yeah. I'm actually pretty good at this. Yeah. And, um, people were just 
that was the best part of my day and you know on and on and I was seeing all these little moments happening and and that sparked me to go get more education go get you know certified become make it official because I was having people ask me all the time will you train me like oh I said I will help you I won't take any money I'm not a trainer and finally went and got certified did all these things so I say this leading into your question because as a personal trainer um, I have had so many sessions with people um, one-on-ones yeah. And also in group sessions, but obviously in a one-on-one, sometimes we can have that more intimate exactly, setting, right? right? Where the the whole session was probably more an emotional breakdown than anything. And I'm so relieved when we get to those sessions right. because that's when the real work happens. Sure, sure. There is something that is so real about the body physically breaking down that breaks down our emotional barriers. The, the mind and body connection is absolutely fascinating. It's not a theory and not a myth. You know, there's a reason why sometimes, um, like when people do a religious fast, why do we go without food? Why that? Why the actual, yeah, why, would we do, why that? do we make ourselves hungry yeah. and weak and tired and a little bit miserable? You know, <laughs> right. how does that make me closer to God? You know, um, but really though, because sometimes we have this physical barrier, our bodies, right? And we have to sometimes allow our bodies to be weakened to break down before mm. our mind is willing to open and kind of be stubborn. It's uh-huh. almost like we can physically fight our emotional stubbornness. Right. But when we're so physically tired that we don't have any fight left in us, sometimes we surrender and just that's when some really cathartic and breakthroughs happen. Yeah. And it's no coincidence why oftentimes when people will go and physically um, do a, a workout that leaves them just, you know, down to like no energy and they're just a pile on the floor is when sometimes all these emotions will come up. You know, it happens even in yoga. It happens in all different types of exercises, not just the crazy sweaty ones, but like, you know, this happens a lot in yoga where people go and that mind body connection and something gets tapped in and triggered. And all of a sudden they're like, I'm in yoga class and I am crying and I don't know why. Um, because we break our bodies down and it opens the mind sometimes to those things that we try to be tough and push away or that we're, maybe we're not even aware, maybe we're not even intentionally. Um, so I loved as a trainer to me, it was really important that, um, you, you changing the body that that's, that's just your physical exterior. That's a symptom of deeper problems. Right. Um, but that's sometimes that physical barrier that we have to get through to get to the real problem, to get to the real change. Um, as a trainer, when I look at somebody who is obese, especially because, I mean, we can get overweight for a lot of reasons, sure, right? right? But when I look at someone who's obese, I don't go, ew, what a lazy person who can't stay away from the donuts. Right. Not even close. My heart is broken because I say there's some pain there. Yeah. That is an outward symptom of real pain that is happening on the inside. Yeah. And no one will convince me of otherwise because they did not get there because they just couldn't say no to donuts. There's so much more that's going on and it's, and it's not just obese people. There's so many of us that, that have that. And so what I would say to people too, is that right now, if you're going through a lot of depression, sometimes if you're also just not being physically active, your body's not even is missing out on so many of those endorphins and things that it needs to even cope with the difficulties or the stressful situation that is contributing to the depression. You know, depression comes from so many different areas, situational and, you know, sometimes it's just chemical. Sometimes it's 
I'm sorry. I grew up with amazing parents and amazing home. I don't have some compelling story as to why I'm depressed. I just feel depressed. That's okay. That's real. Yeah. You know, um, a lot of chemical imbalances and things that are contributing to that. Like there doesn't need to be judgments on to, as to why or how someone got depressed. Right. right or right. is feeling dark and in that hole. Um, yeah. Sometimes to the world, that person has it all together and they have no idea what kind of pain they have. Um, and so I think sometimes if you can even just get your body moving yeah. and, um, and find a, a, a positive outlet for it. If you hate running, running's not going to be your physical outlet. You know, maybe going hiking in the mountains. There's so many different ways to move your body, but you have to find that thing that you can um, stick to. Gotcha. Because I think that's mm-hmm. where sometimes change does start to take place. Yeah. Um, you know, people shed weight all the time and I see them all of a sudden change careers or they, you know, get in or out of different relationships because right. they are finally at a place where they're seeing um, toxicity in their life and they're right. purging that. Wow. So it's like, That's you know, awesome. I just think as far as like dealing with some of those feelings or if you're just feeling so in a hole, don't be afraid to reach out and ask for help. Yeah. I love that. I f- and, and correct me if, if you um, disagree, but I think the stigma of having counseling and help and sharing these kinds of experiences, um, the negative stigma that used to be attached to it, I feel like is starting to kind of go away. Yeah. It's becoming a lot more mainstream. Yeah, it's getting, yeah, I think it's definitely lifting for sure. There's still there on some level, but sure. yeah, for sure it's going in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I mean, yeah. I, I graduated in psychology, so I've always been a believer in um, the benefits of therapy, but I didn't start seeing a therapist until after my mom's death. And, um, you know, I think there's nothing wrong with asking, reaching out for help. And even if it's not even a a licensed therapist, if there's someone in your life, um, there are people probably in your life that want to help and have no idea, potentially, um, the depth of like pain or despair that somebody is in. Um, oftentimes after people wind up in treatment or heaven forbid, even wind up taking their lives, you know, there's almost always someone that was in their life that said, I had no idea it was that bad. Mm. So I think we have to be afraid, not afraid to speak up and speak out and ask for help. And there's no shame in that. And in fact, it takes a lot of, it takes courage to do that and to ask for help. Um, I almost wanted to leave the fitness industry so many times because, you know, it's brutal. It's Mm -hmm. hard. And Mm -hmm. the truth is being a fitness coach, a personal trainer, whatever title you want to give it, when you're in the fitness industry, people hold you to a standard that sometimes feels a little impossible. Yeah. Like you have to have it all together. You have to have a perfect body. You got to look a certain way. Um, I had an experience, one of my first coaching experiences, um, I went into it and I, I'm going in feeling so good. I have all these years of experience and one of the trainers, um, one of the male trainers had made some comment to, um, some of the other staff and not where I'm at right now, but, um, about my body and said, gosh, she doesn't even look like a trainer. Um, she looks overweight. And, um, and it was, and that got back to me and that was like, rip my heart out and, and let's play on all my insecurities. And all of a sudden it was like, I thought I looked okay. And now all of a sudden I'm, I'm this fat trainer and who will ever listen to me? Who wants, who will ever want to be around me? And, um, it had some really damaging effects. It trickled onto clients and members 
And it wasn't until about a year after that incident, and he actually didn't even stick around for very long. It was about a year after that that I had people come up and apologize to me because they said, I judged you um, unfairly and harshly when I first met you, and mm. you've wound up being um, someone that has made an impact in my life, and I was so wrong, and you're amazing, and on and on and on, and, and, and apologizing. I said, no need to apologize. I yeah. harbor no feelings, and thank you. Um, yeah. But it, it, this is a hard industry. So sure. anybody that looks as, at a trainer as, oh, they must have it together. Um, you know, I'm not speaking for all trainers, but gosh, I don't know any that haven't struggled at some point with feelings of insecurity. Sure. Yeah. I mean, sometimes trainers and, and can be some of the most insecure because we there is a an image and your body should look a certain way. And I've had four babies. My body's gone up and down and, you know, I'm... I'm proud of that. That's probably my crowning glory in this life right now are my, are my four boys. Being a mom mom is, is the best. It's if I had to, if I had to have thunder thighs, Todd, the rest of my life (laughs) to have those babies, I'll be carting those thunder thighs around. (laughs) I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So well said. Thank you for sharing that. And I think those listening or, you know, that advice is perfect. It's spot on really is reach out if you're in struggling get up and move even if it's just a walk around the block get those endorphins going and that kind of thing if if someone wanted to reach out to you right now and they wanted to get a hold of you and ask you a question or or get involved in fitness somehow or just ask you anything about that or or about this belief cast today what would be the best way for them to do that Sure. Well, there, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so open. People can reach out to me on Instagram. I'm on there as coach Britt Rodriguez, um, with an S. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, look me up on there. I okay. had, I had a website up for a while. Um, next level nutrition is, is my nutrition company that I, oh, okay. I started and worked with, but I actually took it down because I was so busy with what I'm doing now and coaching that, um, I right. thought I, I can, I stay busy off referral only. So I thought I need to stop advertising. Um, I gotta slow this down, but I love it. It is a passion of mine. Um, I love working with people and as much as I'm no size two, you know, but that's okay. And mm-hmm. I, I celebrate great people, of all different shapes sure. and sizes. The goal is to be healthy. Yeah. Of course we all want to look good, but, um, one of the things I have found a lot of joy in is, is helping people on their fitness journey, helping people with nutrition. I love foods. I love figuring out, I love figuring out the little equation of every single person is unique and different. And so physiologically yeah. there are no cook, there should not be a cookie cutter program right. and approach sure. to um, your fitness nor your nutrition. And so I love helping people figure that out um, and educating them. My goal as a trainer is to educate to the point where they don't need me anymore. Mm. which makes me a really bad business person because um, I always loved when I can help someone get to the point where they feel independent, that they yeah. they don't need me every yeah. day, right? Well, I think that's what makes you good, actually. I think that's what makes you unique and powerful at what you do. I did I work in that. a facility once with um, another trainer and he, had a, he was waiting for a client to come show up. Mm-hmm. And um, he was making fun of her and had said, all she keeps wanting to talk about is how her dumb hormones have helped her get fat and it's not her hormones, it's Ben and Jerry's. And he was just rolling his eyes. Oh, wow. And I think I had a visceral reaction in that moment and, sure. I, and I made a decision, I will never be that trainer 
or be that person that is awful and you're yeah. the fraud. And that's yeah. how I felt in that moment. And I just think, you know, if someone is looking at looking to have just some help and guidance, you know, yeah. Yeah. um, you know, look around, there's, there's a ton of trainers and coaches out there, but you've got to find the one that, um, kind of speaks to you and really sees you and it really cares yeah. about you as a person. Yeah. Um, and if, if someone is not a good fit, there's, and a million others, a out, million there. others out there find that sure. fit and find yeah. that person that inspires you to be a better person. And that puts that mirror up in front of your face of like the worth and value that you have as a human being yeah. and not just your that. worth based off your, your size or your weight. Yeah. I love that. Very well said. Well, folks, there we go, man. That was amazing. Brittany, thank you so much for taking the time to share a portion of your story. I know there's so much more. We could probably spend another hour or two, but thank you for being willing to come share and be vulnerable with us. Thank and, you. Uh, again, like I said, I love your energy. I love what you do. I love how you carry yourself. And thanks for you know sharing a portion of that with us today. I appreciate you listening. And I, I hope that um, you know your listeners can have one good takeaway out of this and yeah. and that um, you know if any of them are, are kind of feeling despair I'm happy for them to reach out to me you know message me like um, life is worth living yeah. and I've been there too where I've questioned is it <laughs> but it really is yeah yeah wow well I also want to give a quick plug to Orange Theory Fitness I love that place um, it's really it's really improved me not just physically but mentally spiritually the whole the whole package and it's my morning meds. I'm not Ugh. kidding you. It's like, man, I'm going to go get my medication. Isn't it great? And I love, I love all the coaches there and, 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 you know, the owner and everything. You guys are fantastic people. And I know you're in it for the right reasons. And so, and I think people feel that. And that's why we love oh, it. Oh, I, I have to mention your, your, your listeners need to know how, how amazing you are that Todd is going to go and represent <laughs> Sandy Studio in a week here. He's one of our athletes. Yeah. We have a little event coming up called the Orange Cup, and this is something fun that we do just amongst yeah. um, the, the Morocco studio, so our studio owner. Yeah. And we're doing a friendly competition, and we did little qualifying events, and Todd is like <laughs> our top dog uh. in just about every area. But we're, we're having him compete in our run and then yep. in our shoulder press. Yep. So Todd's a little athlete. Those yeah. of you guys listening, <laughs> don't let his modesty throw I you pay, off. I paid her to say this, so thank you. <laughs> right? I'll cash that in later. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you for the plug there. But yeah, the place is fantastic. You're fantastic. And, you know, my listeners are going to love this. So thank you so much, I hope Brittany. so. Thank You're you. Awesome. You really are. Well, there you go, guys. Another amazing uh, belief cast. Uh, Brittany Rodriguez, please, you know, reach out to her. If you have a question for her, please do so. Or you can reach out to me and I'll make sure she gets the message and, and we get you taken care of. If you're struggling, do what she said. Take that advice. It does work. And uh, again, thank you for believing in me and, and listening to this week after week after week. It really means a lot to me. And, and please share this with someone that you may know that needs a little uplift and a little boost in their life. And so thank you. Love you guys. And until next time.